Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? That is a very good question. We need to understand this from a the, from the perspective of a first century Jew. Do we realize just how shocking it is? Jesus, who very intentionally chooses to eat with tax collectors. If any of you have been watching The Chosen, they do many things very well. One of the things they do extremely well is helping us as a 21st century audience to understand just how shocking and how difficult it is for a Jew to reconcile that Jesus is willing to associate and even call among his 12 someone like Matthew. Let's try to understand this, especially for a Pharisee. You know, I'm very sympathetic towards the Pharisees. You know, they get a bad rap sometimes. It's always key to make distinctions, right? You can't just blanket statement. Not all Pharisees are bad. In fact, we have some great ones. We've got Joseph of Arimathea. We also have Nicodemus. St. Paul himself was a former Pharisee. If we understand the Pharisees, you know, they are all about preserving national unity and having a distinctive Jewish identity because they see in the past how intermingling with pagan or foreign gods, how that has led to trouble for their people, right? It has led to idolatry. And so they take very specific uh, measures to keep that distinctive Jewish identity so that they won't fall into idolatry. It makes total sense. If you look at the history of Israel, it's just this continuous falling into idolatry. So it makes perfect sense. So Pharisee, it comes from parashen, which means separated ones or consecrated ones. So it's not like they're trying to be holier than thou, but it really makes sense from this perspective. You know, if they are trying to be good and devout Jews, one of the key ways that they do this is through the Sabbath and then ritual purity laws, right? To be able to keep a certain type of separation so that they won't risk idolatry and falling into idolatrous practices. It makes a lot of sense. And so for a Pharisee to see Jesus associate specifically with tax collectors. Now, why is this so difficult from a first century Jewish perspective? First of all, for Jews, the Romans were the oppressors, so really seen as the enemy. And so it's to collaborate with the oppressor, namely Rome, would be that you're just a total betrayer. And that's how tax collectors were often viewed by the Jews. For you to even consider betraying your own people by collaborating with the enemy, our oppressors. How dare you do such a despicable thing? And of course, the tax taxation system often lent itself to fraud and extortion and also a, a lot of oppression of the poor. So for various reasons, tax collectors were just absolutely despised. The fact that Jesus wouldn't merely not despise tax collectors or hate them, but that he would call them into his intimate circle because to eat 
right? It has a very specific significance, right? In the Jewish culture, table fellowship means deep intimacy and communion, right? We kind of understand this. You know, we don't, we tend not to just invite anyone over to our house for a meal. You know, it's the type of people who you want to have fellowship with. Well, for the Jews, it was in the deepest sense to have table fellowship with someone, so for Jesus to very intentionally enter into communion in this gesture of table fellowship, it's absolutely shocking. One of the things we need to understand is that Jesus does a lot of shocking things. A lot of things that is, makes it very difficult for us to understand. And this is why it's not enough merely to be a good thinker or a logician and we can fall into trouble. You know, being a Christian, it really requires this continual conversion of the mind. We hear Jesus, right, his very first words in the gospel are repent and believe in the gospel. Repent, uh, metanoia in Greek. And often, you know, we, when we hear about conversion, we understand, okay, a conversion of our lifestyle, conversions to a better way of living our moral life. But... That Greek connotation, and as St. Paul emphasizes in his letters, it begins with the conversion of the mind, of a conversion of a way of thinking, of the way that I feel like I see reality. And you see that if we aren't willing to allow Jesus to just kind of wreak havoc on a lot of the ways that we think, this can pose an obstacle to our following Jesus. Right? You see... How difficult if, again, I'm so sympathetic to the Pharisees, if the Pharisees, if out of fear of idolatry, they latch onto these practices, which in many ways make sense, there's an inner logic to it, but if they grasp onto that, they can completely reject Jesus. And we see just how dangerous this, this is, right? To be only trapped within our own inner logic. Consider the own inner logic, cap, uh, not capital T, small t tradition of Lucifer. Lucifer, right, uh, reportedly said, I will not serve. Non serviam. And the, apparently, theology has it in its tradition that the specific reason why he remarked, where he put his foot down and he refused to abide by God is that the plan of salvation was revealed to him and that the second person of the Trinity would take on a human nature. And that Lucifer found this so utterly repulsive and despicable that God would take on a human nature, something so despicable, and he refused. He refused to condescend and to abide by this type of plan that God had in mind because he refused to have to worship God in such an inferior human nature, right? Human nature, obviously, is so far inferior to all of the various angelic species. And you see how God, time and time again, is doing shocking things. And if we're not willing to convert our attitude and open to the different shocking things that God is willing to do. And we say, nope, 
you know, um, I'm not willing to bend and I'm not willing to conform myself to this, we can get into very dangerous territory, which is precisely what Lucifer did. So today we want to ask the Lord for that grace of a continual renewal of our mind, of how the Lord is continuously shocking us, continuously wreaking havoc in many ways, that we can be open to his grace and what he wants to do in our lives.